Ladies and gentlemen, and all those I adore, welcome again to Fill Me Up 34. I'm Scott Schertz, and I'm your host. Uh, alongside me is the charismatic, personable, and uh, very good-looking J.T. McGuire. See me more. Yes, and uh, substituting for my far better half, uh, the supreme overlord of the day will be Mr. Ming Chen. Uh, Robin is out sick, so Ming is over there doing the, vo- the uh, soundboards and all that kind of stuff, and uh, really just kind of bringing the whole room together today. Oh, hi, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, you can't see me, but uh, you, I'll chime in when, when prompted. Yes. Uh, speak unless... Uh, Do not speak unless spoken to. Exactly. <laughs> um, we got a few things we wanted to cover today. Uh, we've, through the announcements and what you can probably see on the live stream, uh, there's been a lot in the news lately with Apu, with Doctor Who, uh, and other things too. I guess we'll say it that way. Um, the Apu thing with Simpsons about what the future is going to be, what's yeah. going to happen. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about Castlevania Season 2, having gone through it. There will probably be no holdback on spoilers on this one. I think I'm just, you know, unless basically you really don't want me to, Jay. Uh, I will throw out all spoilers as far as I feel like. And uh, if anybody yells at me, well, you know where I am. Yeah, so uh, that's the heads up. If you don't want to hear spoilers, th- this was your warning. Um, so, yeah, the... The funny thing about this show uh, sometimes is... But uh, first of all, what is The Simpsons? Is this a new show? Is this brand, and has been around for a while? Oh, no. I, I will get to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a story in itself. Is it a new show? Oh, my God. It's, yeah. it's certainly not what you think it is. Around before the millennials were. Um, no, but, uh, yeah, if we're, we're going to jump right into The Simpsons, uh, let's talk about this with, uh, with the poo. Um, I, I didn't really start following this until like the last week, but apparently this has been now for a, uh, a few years, six years, I believe, um, where it's been brought to uh, mainstream attention that uh, Apu might be a bit of a, uh, of a bad stereotype of Indian people. I guess it, it should have been obvious from the beginning, but it's just been really pushed uh, in like just the last few years and especially last year with the uh, with the documentary that came out called uh, Problem with the Pooh, which, uh, <laughs> or, or the Problem with the Pooh, which was, uh, and I'm going to butcher this name, so I apologize greatly in advance, uh, with a, a comedian by the name of uh, uh, Harry uh, Cundable. <laughs> yeah, I butchered that. I'm going to have so many people pissed Harry Smith. Harry Smith it is, yes. I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to be that much of a dick. <laughs> But um, he had he had first mentioned this actually on a comedy bit uh, for a show called Totally Biased, that which was on FX back in 2012, where he first addressed it, and this was like an hour long documentary that he did where he just kind of went into detail with what his problem was with Pooh, and pretty much the 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 consensus from that was uh, when The Simpsons first came on the air back in 1989, Apu actually was like one of the only reput ah rep. <laughs> representations of an uh, Indian person on American television. Yeah. So basically, that's what all all non-Indians looked at, at <laughs> Indian American. So uh, any kid, I guess, who grew up around that time with that show up, just did not like that character <laughs> because everyone just associated. But but. And uh, I, I'll admit, I, I grew up in a very prominent, uh, in an area that was uh, mostly uh, of, uh, the population was mostly Indian and Middle Eastern. I, I had a lot of friends who, who were from those cultures, and I'm not saying this, none of them talked to me about this. Mm-hmm. So it, it just, it's not something that ever clicked with me. I'm sure probably it bothered a lot of them, but. They they never addressed it. And they probably just didn't want to make a scene about it. But I'm, now mm. I'm looking back. I'm wondering how many of my friends hated this. Silently hated it. Well, being from Jersey, we hate Jersey Shore, so it falls into <laughs> the same kind of thing, I suppose. Not, where, where you see something on TV and assume that's what it is. Well, no, not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that in that mm-hmm. sense, yes. But I, it's one of those things where. They, it got to the point recently where there, there was a big topic this last <laughs> week where they're like, oh, well, they're just going to get rid of The Simpsons. They're gonna get, or, not, n- the Simpsons not The Simpsons, no. I'm sorry. They're going to get rid of a poo on The Simpsons. Yeah. And it's just it, – the thing I just thought about with this was if they did, if they got rid of this character, <laughs> and this character has been a prominent character for the past 30 years, would it really be that bad? Well, here's the question, though. Where do you stop, though? I mean, you got Bumblebee Man there, the Latino guy. No, but that's not my point. Mm. My, my point to say is, let, let, let's ignore all the stereotypes mm-hmm. because, oh my God, the Simpsons have stereotypes. <laughs> As referenced in an episode of South Park recently. 
It referenced in their own show recently. True, valid, yeah. I think uh, that's also what sparked this a little bit, too. But it, it's the Simpsons have been on the air now for 30 years, mm-hmm. and people still talk about how only the first 10 seasons were good. That mm. means two-thirds of the show people think suck. Mm. So I'll be honest. Like, I was a big, big Simpson fan back in the day when I was a kid. Uh, and if they got rid of a poo today, I don't watch the show anymore. Mm. I wouldn't know. They, they got rid of uh, Mrs. Krabappel in the last few years. Well, she died for real. They, so, I mean, uh, whatever her name is, I should know that, too. Correct, but, you yeah. know, she's gone, and people people moved on from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maude Flanders as well. The voice actress had quit, so they killed off the character mm-hmm. there. It, they have so many characters. It's, they really do, yeah. It's it, The show itself is, is a zombie of itself. Mm-hmm. It's... Like, if you, you could remove any of the characters, you'd probably remove Homer Simpson <laughs> at this point. And it's like, well, would they really notice? There's that, that comic strip, uh, Garfield without Garfield, Simpsons mm-hmm. without Homer. <laughs> you know, they just take him out of there and see how it plays out. He, he just, like, it's like, oh, the son's really been acting up since he lost his father. <laughs> <laughs> just chokes but, on everything. Mm. Yeah, Marsha Wallace. Yeah. Yeah, she had a long career with uh, Bob Newhart Show. Uh, nobody remembers her from that show, That's My Bush. Uh, the, <laughs> that's my the, bush. That's my bush. With H- Timothy Bottoms as uh, George W. Bush. South Park created it for two years and it went and uh, disappeared and nobody remembered it after, after that point. Yeah, they, they actually thought that Al Gore was going to win, so the whole show was supposed to be about <laughs> Al Gore. And then when Bush won, I'm like, shit. Well, suppose well you know what? I'm glad that the, Simpsons, uh, the South Park creators never made a mistake like that ever again. Ever again, no. You know, they never predicted another, you know, incorrectly predicted an election again. You yeah. Know. You know, as Mr. Garrison is now president. <laughs> um, but uh, so I'll, I'll let me jump into this real quick before we move on. So basically what really started this controversy recently was uh, a filmmaker by the name of uh, Adi uh, Shankar. Mm-hmm. And again, if I'm uh, not pronouncing that quite correct, I apologize. I think you're 99% there at least. But uh, he's, a, he's a filmmaker who uh, recently in a... Where did he talk about this? I think it was in IndieWire. Apparently there's a fire nearby also. I mentioned that. Well, I I actually took this from... uh, Oh, yeah, he did. He did say this in IndieWire where he said, I got some disheartening news uh, back uh, that I've verified from multiple sources now. They're going to drop a Pooh's character altogether. They aren't going to make a big deal out of it or anything like that, but they'll drop them all together just to avoid the controversy. Mm. Um, and then just after that came out, uh, Al Jean, one of the producers on The Simpsons, went to Twitter and said, uh, Adi uh, Shankar mm-hmm. uh, is not the producer of The Simpsons. I wish him the best, but he does not speak for our show. Did see that, yeah. Um. <clears throat> Adi's response from there was, and actually he went to the rap this time, I uh, said, Al Jean's statement was directed towards the very poorly researched clickbait reporting from NME, uh, <laughs> I don't even know who they are, who incorrectly credited me as producer on The Simpsons. I'm not and never have stated that I am. Uh, so it's Al's fi- simply clarifying that I am not on the show, which once again I am not. He's not addressing the Apu controversy. So it's fake news. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll call it fake news in this particular case. Um, so no, nothing's happened as of yet with Apu, but they probably will. I don't know. But again, I think they need to kill the whole show. That's that. That's where I kind of go, where I think Simpsons itself just needs to go away. Maybe it, f- give it five, ten years, and then reboot it. Like it, it's it funny. Yeah, it's funny because it has been such a staple of Sunday nights for so long. You know, now The Simpsons, you were, I think, barely alive. When it was Tracy Ullman. I was, uh, well, yeah, when it came on Tracy Ullman, I was probably around one. Okay. All right. I was going to guess three or four, but I, based, I might have been off on the years. But I remember how big a deal The Simpsons were back then, you know. And when it went to Sunday night and got its own show, everybody's like, oh, my God, how can they do this? You know, Bart Simpson is such a rebel and the future of society is being destroyed and everything. And here we are 30 years after that. And it's still every, you know, Sunday night, religiously. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, some of, you know, Matt Groening's other shows haven't fared as well, uh, which, in my opinion, I think had better writing, Futurama being a prime example. But that got kind of screwed over by Fox by putting it in a time slot that was comp- constantly preempted by football. Yeah. I, I think Futurama got what it, what it needed from mm-hmm. uh, later years with Comedy Central, but yeah. It got the reboot there, yeah. 
But yeah, just sticking on The Simpsons, though. I mean, like, yeah, it's been a staple of Sunday night for many, many years now. I actually remember when it was on Thursday nights, uh, just to throw it back to that real mm-hmm. fast. But I haven't watched since, I think, 1998 or 1999. That's that's nearly 20 years. You know, I have to say I'm probably the same way, you know, where it's just like, oh, they have a new episode. Or Treehouse of Horrors. Mm-hmm. You know, that just passed. You know, the Treehouse of Horror, I think 28, I think, is what they just had this time. Yeah. So that's the staple of it. But at the same time, people are like, oh, yeah, Simpsons are on. They just assume it is. If they made the announcement that it goes off the air, then I think all hell breaks loose and people are going to start fanboying all over it because now they're going to realize they're going to miss out. I think they're going to treat it like an episode, like Seinfeld's final mm-hmm. episode, where it's like, oh, it's a big thing. we got to watch it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone's going to be sad about it. I think everyone at this point is agreement, like, yeah, they could use a break. Are they going to be pissed off like they were with the Seinfeld ending? Well, yeah, but but that, that's a given. That's that's any fanboy. Yeah. So basically, the Simpsons are, are they, are the Simpsons they pissed off of... over a Star Wars movie? Yeah. Really? Yeah. They got pissed off at Star Wars. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Which uh, what the the Last Jedi? Uh, but here here's the thing. I told you before uh, we started the podcast. Uh, actually, Adi uh, goes into another subject we're talking about. Does he not? Yeah, you you had alluded to something, so, but you didn't tell me what it was. So guess what he's the producer of? What, what? his big thing is right now? What is it? Uh, Castlevania. You know, I did see that. Yeah, that he does have ties to Castlevania. He's the showrunner of Castlevania. Yes, okay. That's right. And it's funny, because you, you had alluded to it, but I didn't actually put two and two together, you know, a few minutes ago. But yeah, now I feel like an idiot, because I didn't think of that. Yeah, I have seen all the way through Castlevania, uh, first season and second season. Uh, this, like I said, I have no problem with spoilers, so unless you have a problem with yeah, it. I know um, it's The entire series centers around Castlevania three. The Trevor Belmont, Alucard, Sifa, that story arc that happened there prior to Simon Belmont. First season, incredible. It was a four-episode series. It was The animation was gorgeous. It was a good mix of uh, building character development and action. The second season, I thought, faltered a lot. You know, I, The first season, I give it like a 9.5 out of 10. This one, I give it about a 7 out of 10. And a lot of people are peeing all over themselves about how great the series was. But the truth of it is, I was kind of bummed. I was so jonesed for season two. You know, it was an eight-episode order. I'm looking at this thinking to myself, oh, my God, they're going to have a new, you know, this new season. They're going to develop. You know, the first season ended with uh, Trevor Trevor Belmont and uh, Sifa finding Alucard. The Son of Dracula. Oh, talk- that's how it ended? Yes, that's how the first season ended. Oh, I guess I did see all season one. Yeah, there was only four episodes. Uh, yeah, you haven't seen season two yet, but you said you were okay with spoilers on this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's how the season, the first season ended, and it was it built into something really like you know season two is going to involve Dracula and everything. So much of season two centered around character development and story arcs with characters that were just introduced in season two. Okay. Um, there were you know vampires that were brought in from other areas. So this takes place in a, in a part of Romania. So there is another one who's like a queen of vampires in Austria, who has her own plans. There's two humans that hate humans so much they've aligned with Dracula, which is its own interesting story arc, to become the last two humans. They don't care about that. They just hate humans so much. But there is so much development of those characters that it's almost like your protagonists from season one, Trevor, Sifa, and Alucard, are secondary. (laughs) And you're kind of like, oh, they're back. They're doing stuff. The first season, like I said, had a good blend of action scenes and character development. This one was so much talking and so much development and so much of that where even when they panned over to our, our heroes, they were in a library reading, you know, <laughs> and they're doing research and they're looking through the old stuff from the Belmont Library. They, they had uh, eight episodes. They needed to save that money for that animation budget. Well, the animation, again, was absolutely top-notch. It was gorgeous as I think animation can get, and I loved every part of that. Uh, I will say that I think episodes six and seven were better than the first four se- first four episodes of season one. So that I think they had the better overall episodes. But my challenge was when they fight Dracula, it's a huge drawn-out fight. It's amazingly well done, well animated. There's a lot of heart to the whole thing. And then they kill Dracula in episode seven. This is an eight-episode series. Mm-hmm. So now you have a full, longer final episode, which is longer than all the rest of them, where your main antagonist is now dead. So you have the you know you have the requisite build up to season three and everything like that, but they could have I think spaced it a little bit better to include some of that fight in the end of uh, of episode eight or in part of episode eight. 
to have time to build for season, you know, season three, but not make the entire episode about building to season three. And that's what bothered me a lot. Um, Dracula has a much different tone in this one, too. In the first one, it is all about revenge, you know, for the death of his wife because she's burned at the stake for being a witch because he taught her everything about science. And she starts applying it to humanity. The church gets involved, panics, calls her a witch, burns her at the stake. He wants revenge. This one, he's just tired. And I think in some ways, I think he's tired of the war and tired of living. And that plays Dracula to be very, very different in season two than he was in season one. And while I like that part of it, again, so much of it centered around the two humans, uh, some of the other vampires that were there, and it was like, um, Dracula, yeah, versus Belmont's usually kind of how Castlevania sort of goes. You throw in some other stuff, but I understand that when it comes to Castlevania, it's a pretty much an entire mixture of jump, whip, and throw shit. That's every Dracula, I'm sorry, every Castlevania game is some combination of throw shit, hit shit, and jump. So you got to build on it. But I think they spent too much time pacing, you know, with the pacing issue and drawing it towards other people that didn't matter. Not to me. It, I don't know. It's Well, I don't know how to comment on this. I, I mean, know. I just I, dropped I had, a lot at you right there. It Two things that come to mind. One is it's always hard to adapt a video game series. Yes, it is. It's like you have to build upon stuff. You have to add stuff mm-hmm. that wasn't there. Which, I, like I said, I expected. Two, it's an anime to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And just like almost every anime, it's style over mm-hmm. substance. And it sounds like they were just boom, 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 instead of like one If they cut it down to maybe, maybe six arc. episodes, I think it would have had a little bit of better, better pace. Now, the show has gotten a 10-season order for season three. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Even more dialogue. Well, I mean, Dracula never really dies in any, you know, Castlevania game. He always comes back, Uh and it's some new iteration of some... Can we just bring Simon in? I'm wondering if they're going to bring Simon or Richter or possibly Alucard, maybe Symphony of the Night kind of thing. Yeah, aren't aren't both the characters you just mentioned more popular than the one that's the protagonist of this series? I actually like the fact that they use Trevor. You know, because Trevor kind of gets a little bit of an afterthought. You know, most people think, like I said, Simon or Richter in some cases. But Trevor's kind of like that other one. Uh, Now, the other Grant character, Grant, from the game has not shown up in this, which I'm okay with. I kept sitting there waiting for Grant to show up. And I was looking at some of the enemies in there thinking to myself, okay, is that going to turn into Grant? Kind of like it did in the game. It never happened. It's fine. I don't care about that. But I liked the Trevor character. liked Siva, liked Alucard. liked all of that. But I just felt the pacing was kind of soft, and I think it's almost like they tried to fill. Too, they tried to put too much into eight episodes, and they're like, "Oh crap, we have eight. We need filler." <laughs> so let's talk about the two humans and their upbringing and their interaction. And well, you know what? That could have very well been it too. That happens a lot in the TV series where it's like, "Shit, we got to fill time." I think a lot of it was that. Yeah, I mean, I had so much anticipation for what you know because when I got the news that when I had gotten the alert on Netflix, you know, it's coming out Friday. I plowed through the, the other four episodes just to get myself reacquainted with it, and I had a lot of fun with it. I really enjoyed it. And I plowed through the first couple episodes immediately that Friday morning when it was released. And I was thinking to myself, okay, is this where it's going? I was talking to Robin about that. I'm like, this is not as strong as the first season because they're talking about, okay, they're talking about you know the queen vampire, Camilla, you know, and her plans, and then Hector and Isaac, the two humans, and then all this kind of stuff about them. And oh yeah, by the way, Trevor's here. <laughs> you know, a uh, uh, good old Trevor. You know, there was a couple of plot twists that I thought were pretty cool. I'm not going to argue on that, but I think the pacing would just suffered a little bit, and I would have liked to have seen it a little bit different. Uh, if we got anyone in the chat room, mm-hmm. uh, feel free to share your opinions. Are we on Film Yap right now? Or are we on uh, Ming? No, we're, okay. we're on film yet. All right, cool. It's fine. Um, it's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's on fire, but everything is fine. Yeah, it's fine, yes. Yeah. Beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> <laughs> so. So uh, let's drop the, let's uh, jump to Doctor Who. Okay. We're, we're basically 20 minutes in. We've already plowed through <laughs> two of the three topics at this point. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I wish Thank I could you, say, Bing. <laughs> I wish I could say more on Castlevania, but yeah. I, I never even... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. This is fine. fine. <laughs> um, Doctor Who is now almost halfway through the season. Wait, what? Yeah. 
I think oh, it was, four, four. Yeah, yeah that's almost. Right. Yeah, it's a ten episode order, not counting the Christmas special. So they are about to have uh, episode five this week. I, I've had. I don't know. I'm not. I love Jodie Whittaker. I think she could easily be my second favorite Doctor. I think she can supplant. My, I have a tie. Tom Baker and Matt Smith are my are tied for second. David Tennant's my number one. I think she can supplant those two and be my 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 favorite number my number two, my number two Doctor. But I don't like the writing. I'm, if I knew, yeah. I'm preachy. And you know what the sad part is? Uh, I, I feel because she's the first female Doctor, it's all going to fall on her. It even does, though there's it's, a lot it's, of pressure there, it's sure. really the showrunner at this point. Which I never saw Broadchurch, so I can't do a comparison. Dark as shit. I yeah. was depressed watching Dark Church, or watching, watching Broadchurch. Hey, remember that really depressing show that we had? Let's put him in charge of Doctor Who. Broadchurch was. I mean, here's the thing: you can have you know drama and have light things. You know, Law and Order SVU depresses me, but Ice T adds a certain sarcastic, comedic <laughs> flair to you know with some of his one-liners. You get you know Blue Bloods can have dark you know cop-related things, but you get Donnie Wahlberg being a sarcastic ass, which is what he is in pretty much every episode, and that works and it's awesome. Well, you, let's not compare like uh, CBS and NBC. I know, I know, uh, but, but my point that, is that 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 is just popcorn shows. I know, I get that, but my point is is that you can have serious and still keep you know still have some you know a little bit of lighter moments or things that soften the darkness of it. Mm-hmm. Broadchurch left me depressed. I would yeah. sit, I would sit there and watch this, and I would literally walk away feeling worse about my own life. I never, I never watched the show, but I can tell that from the trailer, like, like. I, the life these days is depressing. Yes, like, I don't need you know, it on my TV. <laughs> and, and but now that you're bringing that to Doctor Who, and I get it. Like the writer is apparently a fan, just like uh, mm-hmm. Stephen Moffat was, just like uh, the Russell writer, Davies. Yeah. Russell Davies was. But I, I'm getting the opinion that <laughs> he, his his idea of Doctor Who was very different than everyone else's. He Doctor Who had one. I think earlier in the season we had talked about how he wanted to go back to more of an educational route with it. You know, and the Rosa episode, the Rosa Parks episode, is a prime example of that, mm. where he really wanted to hammer it home what what it was like down in Alabama in 1955. There, you know. Yeah, I, I don't even know how to comment on that. I'm going to admit that I have a little bit of white guilt in, in making any type of comment towards the episode. Well, it is, it is we're going to be white people. That's why it's it's the first episode where I was uh, I did not watch the season. And I don't even know if it had anything really to do with uh, Rosa Park as much as it just did the first two episodes really sucking. Uh, I, I think uh, we, we did talk, address the second episode, the last episode, mm-hmm. episode 33, and I was just saying, like, I was bored for a half hour. I'm just – here. here's what annoyed me. Here's one thing that annoyed me. I know someone else online addressed this as well. They pointed out how everything on this planet was deadly. Mm-hmm. And they point out to the water had stuff in it that if anyone landed into it, they would be disconnected eaten and disintegrated immediately. Mm-hmm. So what happened with the water? Absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> They're on the water for f- 10 minutes of the episode and nothing happened with the water. No. They didn't even attempt mm-hmm. to see if someone would fall in. They just like, oh yeah, that's deadly. Anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, BT dubs, that may kill you, but it might not, but it probably... And then uh, the towels were the enemy. <laughs> Everyone uh, needs a towel. You said towel? Remember to bring your towel. Don't forget to bring a towel. <laughs> You know, I remember that episode sort of, but honestly, when I was watching it, I was kind of like surfing on the web. You know, I was watching videos on YouTube while this was going on. I was doing other stuff like that. You know, I do find it easier to DVR and fast forward. Uh, the previ- the last episode that they just had was the episode with the spiders. Mm-hmm. Now, Robin has an absolute phobia of spiders to the point that when any time a spider was about to come on screen, she'd hold her hand up in front of it. She couldn't look. <laughs> she couldn't look at the CGI spider, which were gorgeously done. You know, because she has such an absolute phobia of spiders. Me, I just thought they were cool to look at. But I enjoyed that last episode more than the other ones. You know, I thought Chris Noth as the not Donald Trump was brilliant, I think, in the way he played it. And Chris Noth is great in pretty much anything he does. Um, And I loved that part of it. But it still had a very weak ending that I questioned. You were telling me a little bit about this. Uh, I'll let you go on. Basically, they're they're giant mutant spiders that get you know because of toxic waste become you know giant mutant spiders. Very like B nineteen fifties Godzilla kind of like you know B movie type thing. And in some cases, they grew so big that they could no longer breathe because they couldn't physically get enough oxygen in the system. So there was one point where Chris Noth's evil not doc, not uh, Donald Trump goes in and shoots one in the head and kills it. 
and they get pissed at him for the fact that he he killed an innocent creature. But they're like, she was dying anyway. He was dying anyway. Yeah. And you killed it. Yes. Because it's, it's unable to breathe. So it's a mercy kill. That was terrible. How could you do such a thing? Well, you know, I, I know if I'm not, if uh, I know if I'm going to die and I can't breathe, shoot me in the damn head. Make it quick. Make it fast. You know. <laughs> I don't know, but it's always the doctor like, remember, like any version of the doctor. Yeah. It's always but, been a pacifist kind of thing. So, so Robin uh, is actually online and she is Hey, sweets. How you messaging. feeling? Uh, I want I want to ask what you mean here by Rosa Park episode equals timeless reboot. Yes, okay. Um, there was a show on NBC that ran for a couple seasons that I thought was phenomenal. Oh, called that, timeless. timeless. Yes, Timeless. Okay, I get it. You know where they would go back in time and they would try and stop whatever happened. You know, there were, the first episode involved uh, uh, Lindbergh, uh, not Lindbergh, baby. Um, uh, crap, whatever the the, the um, shit. I'm drawing a blank. Huh. What's that? Yes, it involved things with plot and storyline. The, the the blimp that crashed. Oh, with Hindenburg. L. Hindenburg. Thank you. It involved the Hindenburg crash, and they had to go back and stop it. And it turns out that they had to make sure that it still crashed and in history remained the same. The end of the episode, they saved the Hinden. Yeah, the Hindenburg is saved, and now story the history has changed. This felt so much like a feel of like someone said, "We're going to look at that episode of Timeless, and we're going to do an episode just like that." You know, and that's what bothered me a little bit. It didn't feel like Doctor Who. It felt like Timeless. Or if... Go ahead. I think that is really what bothered me the most when I was watching the trailer for the episode where Mm -hmm. I didn't uh, get kind of hooked on. It was basically, we're going to go back in time. It felt like Peabody and... uh, (laughs) And Sherman. And Sherman. (laughs) Where are we going today? (laughs) Oh, we're going to see Rosa Parks as she fights us. uh, Racism. It felt to me... You know, remember back in like the 1980s when they would have an episode of Family Matters where it's like a very special episode that de- centered mm-hmm. around drugs or like teen sex or something like that. This felt like one of those very special episodes. On a very special episode of Doctor Who, the gang goes back in time and experiences racism through the eyes of African Americans in the 1950s. Again, white guilt. I'm not going to comment Fair. on that. Um, but I mean, even outside of that, it, let, let's ignore the the. Yeah, uh, I don't deny that we were shitty back then. And, my, uh, politics. You know, my, my, you know, my white heritage does. We were kind of dicks. It, I get. That. It didn't feel like a Doctor <laughs> Who episode. It's like, it, it, I think that was the thing I was watching everyone saying. It's like, the monsters she faced wasn't the monsters. It was it was humanity and yes. them being monsters. And I have seen the like, enemy, and it is us. I, I see the uh, the creativity and, and and the realism of that, but at the same time, it's like. No, I want her to fight fake monsters. I like It's my, like I'm watching this show to escape those monsters, I want, and now yeah. you're reintroducing them. That's exactly it, and that's where I think the Spider episode, for the most part, worked for me. I wasn't crazy about how the ending was, but I like that escapism thing. I mean, the, even the first episode, you know, when you had that smog monster or whatever the hell that thing was, I'm not, I don't even remember. The episodes aren't even memorable to me at this point. But it felt a little bit like a Doctor Who episode when she showed up. If you noticed the first episode of the se- of the new season, it was like 10 or 15 minutes before she even showed up. So it's like, hey, new season of Doctor Who, now with 30% less Doctor. You know, because it's introducing all of these new characters that we don't know anything about. But yeah. you're, the one main one that's most important, not there. I know I'm repeating this from episode 32 or 33, but I have to do the comparison again between uh, Chris Jimble and, uh, and Stephen Moffat. Mm-hmm. Moffat was a terrible storyteller. <laughs> terrible. But he knew how to build suspense. He mm-hmm. knew how to uh, to pull in an audience. What did he do in, uh, when he took over the series and introduced the 11th Doctor? 11 Do- you, the first thing you see is the 11th Doctor hanging out of the TARDIS yep. for dear life. Uh, you're inst- instantly introduced to the main characters. Mm-hmm. You're in- they instantly have a rapport with each other. It, it was a great first episode. And it was the fact that also, I mean, he meets this little girl, mm-hmm. promises to take her on a trip, and then doesn't show up for a dozen years because he's, he's screwing he's screwing things up and he can't actually get the time stream right that also shows the dynamic a little bit where he might even have a little bit of guilt about the fact that he left this girl waiting for so long for more than half her life mm-hmm. you know to show up so he can take her on a trip that she, that he always wanted to he always promised to do it he's really good at building that mm-hmm. stuff. the problem is he he sucks at uh, execution like but, even the ending of that series mm-hmm. uh, like sucked but everything building up to it was mm-hmm. like you wanted to watch every week. It's like, where's this going to go? Mm-hmm. 
say he did the same thing with Sherlock. I like Sherlock. I always did. You know, but but Chimmel is just like, okay, we're gonna just mosey along the story. Now, I will say that a lot of times with the first season of of a new Doctor, it takes a little time to get their feet wet, to get a feel for it, how they want to do it. You know, the second and third season, I, for me personally, I have found to be better with the Doctor than the first one. That's just my opinion only, and I'm, wonder, I'm wondering and hoping that's going to happen here, too. I, I feel like David uh, jumped in immediately. I feel mm-hmm. like I, I loved Matt's uh, mm-hmm. right after that, and I was a big David Tennant fan. I had a hard time with Matt initially. I, I got I, – I really – like, I thought I was going to hate Matt, and halfway through, I, I really loved mm-hmm. the character. Uh, I think Peter Capaldi was the first one I had some issues with, and that was, I think, a Doctor issue because they went from – uh, having all these very zany, lovable characters back to the gruffy, the older, uh, angrier, yeah. you know, angry, he, angry eyebrows. <laughs> and it took like a, a series and a half for me to get into <laughs> him. But I think that's the only time I think there was a doctor problem. I'm actually, we we've said it. We mm-hmm. had no problem with the doctor. She's actually really good oh, yeah. as a doctor. Love Jodie Whittaker. She's the best part of the show so far. But man, the writing's awful yeah. to the to the point that even she can't really make it work. Again, she was <laughs> fighting towels in the second episode. <laughs> it's like there's there's no way that you can make that yeah. cool. You know, unless you kind of set it up ahead of time that you know it's going to be a little more more comedic. You know, initially, but yeah, um, that wasn't supposed. It was supposed to be serious. The way <laughs> they set all that up is like they are some of the deadliest creatures ever created. <laughs> but see. All, I mean, I will say that the first episode, any into the you know going to the second one, the cliffhanger, mm-hmm. where she tries to teleport herself and teleports all of them out. That of space. was great. That, that was a that great, was great cliffhanger. I love. I loved how that set up. I was actually kind of hoping that they didn't get the TARDIS for the entire series. <laughs> I that heard they, 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 going they to. just got lost in space and they were just jumping from place to place looking for her TARDIS. Now there was a great scene there in the, the most recent episode where Graham comes home mm-hmm. and he's you know at this point his wife uh, Ryan's grandmother is now dead. Mm-hmm. So he comes home and he looks, you know, upon everything and sees basically nothing. You know, everything that he had built, everything that they'd had gone. And that's part of the reason why he takes off, you know, A, to watch out for, you know, his wife's grandkid. But B, because he really doesn't have anything at home. And I thought that was a nice touch to a very personable character. Graham is my favorite of the companions at this point. Maybe also because <laughs> it's a little bit more of an age tie-in. I mean, he's older than I am. But he's also not like twenty years old. So well, the same thing with me. It's it's funny. Yeah, I do. I kind of like him better than I like I the do, other two. You know, yep. The, the other ones are just kind of there. Yeah. Well, didn't I was gonna say? Doesn't Ryan have some kind of like a muscular thing where he couldn't ride a bike or some kind of it that it seems to have has that disappeared at this point? Or is that still there? It goes back and forth when the plot when the plot requires it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, me- I remember one uh, again. Was, I was watching another reviewer. I shouldn't actually do this to do my own reviews. <laughs> So this ah, reviewer said this, go there. But uh, I remember him saying something about, like, you know, no one seems to care about Graham and the fact that he's so old and he's mm. managing to keep up with these guys. That's true. But they slow down for the, the other character mm-hmm. because of his uh, muscle, uh, what was it? I forget exactly. Um, but, yeah, he couldn't ride the bike in the beginning. Yeah. and But it's like it doesn't really seem to appear too often. Mm. And they're more worried about him than this old man who could fall down at any time. <laughs> who just lost his wife, I may add, too, yeah. you know. But, uh, no, I mean, he's also, keep in mind, that guy also had cancer, too. So there's that underlying thing there. But I'll be curious to see where the characters go. Are they going to kill off Graham? You know, I mean, he's got nothing here. You know, I mean, again, it would suck that he that they kill him off because he is my favorite of the bunch. They, they, they really need to take a good look at what they're doing. This is the one thing that I find very interesting. I was looking at IMDb. I was looking at the ratings on IMDb for a lot of the episodes ever since like season six, mm-hmm. you know, and seeing where they were. Season 11, which is where we are now, has the lowest average rating of any season so far, mm-hmm. you know, and more seasons that are more episodes that are in the sixes, you know, 6.4, 6.6 kind of thing, where even with uh, Peter Capaldi's era, we'll use that as an example, there was only maybe like two that were in like six point something. This one has already had two in four episodes, and there was like two in three seasons. So even the the first episode that introduced her was was pretty soft. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the Rosa one, I think, overall got the highest rating of like seven point eight, but even a seven point eight on IMDb is not that high compared to, you know, Blink, you know, or some of the other episodes that Stephen Moffat had, you know, like the one where you find out who River Song really is. Mm-hmm. I love that moment. Eh, I thought I thought it was a little boring, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, fine, you're wrong. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but 
But again, Stephen Moffat, really good mm. at building stuff up. Like he built you to get really interested in that character, even though he didn't even create the character. He just took it. Um, he he went much further with the uh, the angels, mm-hmm. which he didn't create either. There were, the angels got to be a little. I mean, there he was, used them too much. The one in the first Amy Pond season, you know, was kind of like all right, it was there. But the way that the angels were used at the end to, you know, basically end the story arc of Amy and Rory, I thought that was perfect. You know, because you never saw that coming. And then all of a sudden, gone. It's just like how uh, he tried to create brand new uh, uh, Daleks, like, Mm -hmm. in his very first uh, series in five. And it's like, yeah, no one likes them. Get rid of them. And they they were never seen They were never seen seen again, again. yeah. Uh, I mean, well, Chibnall has already said that he's not bringing back any of the old stuff, at least for now. And I think that hurts it, too. It's like, you know, you're getting rid of so much history at the series. I can understand to a a soft reboot to a certain degree. Moffat did do that. Mm -hmm. Think about all the stuff that was created through series one through four and Mm -hmm. how much of it actually came back. A little bit. Uh, Jack Harness didn't never came back. A lot of his companions from those series never returned. Only again. quick little Ro- mentions. Ro- about- yeah, Rose got mentioned or shown, but like yeah. Martha never returned. Uh, what's her name? Donna Noble. Donna uh, never yeah, came back. My favorite of those three, by the way. So, it, but you know, he he brought back the villains. Mm-hmm. The, the Cybermen came back. The Daleks came back. He brought back the Weeping Angels, mm-hmm. and then he added in addition to that, which is the good, the best way to go. Yeah. You know, even with the ones that were kidnapping Amy's baby, mm-hmm. you know, and that whole story arc and what that was designed for. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, I th- in, instead, he's uh, he's creating new characters that stick teeth in their head. Yeah. It's like, these are my trophies. <laughs> like, those are some really crappy trophies. <laughs> well, you know, one man's trash is another man's <laughs> treasure. You know? Yeah, it looks like trash, all right. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm hoping it gets better, and it might be one of those things that he... I'm sure to a degree probably listens to some of the stuff. They say they never do, but I'm pretty sure they do. And, <laughs> if his job depends on Well, that's true. Yeah, it's always run by money. But I think it's funny because I, I'm hoping it gets better with season two and three. Once he gets his feet wet, he's comfortable, he gets into the position a little bit more. You know, like a lot of times when you start out any new job, you have some, you know, some challenges you got to overcome, and then you smooth into it. I'm kind of hoping the same thing happens here. Now, what's curious is um, Mendy Gill. Mandy Gill, who plays Yaz, has not confirmed if she's coming back for season two or not. Mm. So she's like, I have no idea. Which means she already knows what happens, you know, pretty much, because they've more or less filmed everything at this point. You know, with the exception of maybe, like, maybe the Christmas special or something like that, they still have to maybe knock out. But at this point, they've pretty much probably covered everything. You know, and if she's not sure, that says a lot about what's where the story is yeah. going. I, I, I'm not fond of her character either. She's kind of just there. Yeah. Also, one thing worth mentioning, when she shows up at... Um, yeah, she's a cop, okay. and she doesn't seem authoritative in any well, shape or form. Well, that's a funny thing also. With the episode where she meets Do- not Donald Trump, Jack Robertson's the character. Uh-huh. You know, he's like, what are you doing in my hotel? And, you know, security's around. She never identifies herself as a cop the entire time to this mogul. Uh-huh. You know, who's like, what are you doing trespassing on my property here? It's like, you know, cops are supposed to lead with, I'm an officer here. She never well, did. But uh, funny enough, in the previous episode, mm-hmm. where she's in a time where uh, someone of her color would not have any type of authority, mm-hmm. she did identify herself as a cop, yeah. and no one recognized it. <laughs> it's like, but you shouldn't be a cop. No, no one recognized that. Eh, I'm hoping, like I said, it gets stronger. But it, it, like, it could be something where they just need to get their feet wet, get comfortable, and build from there. Uh, but we'll see what happens. So bottom line, as I think we both agree, we like to, we don't like to. You know, we're, we're fond of Jody and Graham, you know, or whatever. He's, yeah, Bradley Walsh, I think, is the actor. We like the doctor. We like one companion. We despise the writing. <laughs> and fond, not fond of the other two. They're just kind of just existing. Yeah. It, it's, I don't know. They're, they're probably wonderful actors. Their characters. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the funny thing. I mean, you're as good as usually the editors are. You know, you have the direction. You have the editing. That's what makes you what you are. You know, you can see something. Um, I mean, I'm going to use Star Wars as an example. You know, Hayden Christensen gets shit on, I think, too much. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a terrible actor. He's, no, he's not. He did what he was told to do. And then through the direction of the director and the editors, that's why he's like, well, I'm so in love with you. I don't like sand. Sand's <laughs> cores. It gets everywhere. You know, it's, he was told to do that. You know, I mean. It's, I just picture, uh, <laughs> what's his name in the back there? Like, act, damn it. Yes. <laughs> Mannequin Skywalker, act, damn you. 
You yeah. you should just read my my story. It's <laughs> it's all you need. And there's talk about okay, will he come back in episode nine? Now is that going to happen? Yeah. So speaking of uh, things that also have crap stories, I actually I shouldn't say that. I liked the Last Jedi. Everyone else I did the too. Last Jedi. Nobody was prepared for that scene with Snoke. Nobody prepped for that. No, no one was prepared about uh, Luke Skywalker drinking green milk. But well, uh, yeah, yeah, out of uh, you know space boobs, <laughs> uh, <laughs> space cows. <laughs> but see, there's one small problem I have to say with that one. There, you know, he, you know, he's his protege kills his other proteges and then, you know, becomes evil. And he's like, mm-hmm. screw the force, I'm out, adios. Obi Wan trains Anakin, mm-hmm. kills millions of people. He can say. You know, a bunch of kids in the Jedi Temple, you know, fellow Jedi Masters, longtime friends, and all this kind of stuff, just completely just assaults and just, you know, annihilates all of them. And he's like, well, I'm going to go over to the desert here, but I wanted to watch this kid. I mean, he still was a Jedi. He didn't Mm -hmm. say screw it, despite everything his protege had done. Luke's protege killed a few people, granted, turned evil, granted, but he's like, fuck it, I'm out. Well, you know what? Go back, go back and watch the original series, and just watch how much training he was really given as a Jedi. I know he was given as little training as the current and that, and that uh, flying popcorn ball, <laughs> that flying popcorn ball, what, and everything. What, what's uh, Ray? Ray, Ray mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're talking, you're talking that one. You're not talking like Episode Four. No, 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 I am. I'm, okay, I am talking about Episode Four through Six, where like Luke got like next to no training, mm-hmm. and now we're in the new series where Ray has gotten even less than next to no training. There is theories about <laughs> who she is. Um, and my my own theory, and I could be a thousand percent wrong, but I want to throw it out anyway, is that he she is actually uh, Ben's sister. I am perfectly fine with her being no one. Okay, you know they introduced that idea in uh, the Last Jedi, and everyone was really pissed off. Like, mm-hmm. what? All this build up and all that. Uh, no, you know what? You, mm. uh, Anakin was nobody. You know what? Have someone be a nobody. But see, Anakin was somebody and was nobody at the same time. He was created through the Force by Darth Plagueis. Yes, that's that's how basically it happened. Is that canon? I believe it is. I have to check with like Star, uh, Star Wars Explained or Star Wars Theory, but I believe the canon story I'm is out. That Darth, I officially yeah. hate Star Wars now. <laughs> Darth Plagueis looking for a way to create immortality, which was mentioned in Episode Three, inadvertently created Anakin. Yeah. Nope, I'm out. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. Well, most people kind of assume that, you know, episode one doesn't really exist anyway. No, everyone else, yeah, everyone else is like, we hate The Last Jedi. It's like, no, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> so that, oh, it's all right. So basically, let me ask you, that or Jar Jar, which is worse? <sighs> well, one affects the entire story. The other was just kind of there. Comic relief? Yeah. Yeah. He he was there for one annoying movie, and then we barely saw him again. I don't. Jar Jar wasn't as bad as he he was overexposed. That's what I'll say about you it. You know, about it's about funny Jar Jar. when you watch the Clone Wars series, which I thought was better than the movies anyway, because it flushed out a lot more. There is a story arc in season six where they have to actually go to a foreign planet, and they would you know this independent system would only negotiate with Jar Jar. Jar Jar, yeah, because they're like we we hate the Jedi. We're, you know, Jar Jar, we'll talk to. Him. And assuming that Jar Jar is ill-equipped to handle the task, they send Mace Windu. <laughs> so now you have Jar Jar and Mace Windu and, like, this buddy cop thing that actually works. <laughs> Let's take Samuel Jackson and put him with the most annoying yeah. character you can think of. You know, Ahmed Best, you know, Misa, Misa, go to planet! And he's like, shut up, motherfucker. <laughs> Be, and get old BMF uh, there. Oh <laughs> you know, but I, we got season seven of that coming out on Disney streaming next year. You know, which is going to close out. Thank you, Ming. By the way, there's a picture of the, of the two of them. <laughs> you know, right there. It's like you nice. can see Mace Windu just like, oh my god, I hate my life right now. <laughs> I have so many decisions. I wish I had done differently. <laughs> uh, and then but, he got blown out a window. Yes, you did. And then he got saved by Jar Jar, but we never heard about. We that. never heard about that one. <laughs> yes, and then Jar Jar became a side. Wouldn't, wouldn't that have been a great thing? Like as he's falling down, <laughs> Jar Jar catches him. Master and Mace, Misa, find you and save you. <laughs> no. <laughs> just let me drop, please. You know. But with that, with season seven coming out on streaming next year, it's going to close out the story arcs and everything. Um, there, I'm Asajj Ventress is probably going to get killed at that point formally. Um, Darth Maul is probably still back. I think his his mother gets killed off at some some point. I think they're covering that part too. Yeah, I, I unfortunately, it's sort of like with comic books with me. I just when when the story is spread out so far, I can't keep up. with Star it. Wars is my comic book in that way. 
You know, I can't follow along with a lot of the stuff happening with, you know, with Batman, Teen Titans, New Titans, Pick a Titan, whatever, you know, um, Attack on Titan. Uh, Isn't there like two or three series out right now for, just uh, for uh, Teen Titans alone? Yeah. Well, you got the live action one. You got Teen Titans Go, which they're, you know, their adventures in a supermarket or whatever. That might it's gonna... be a, I think the other one's actually canceled. Oh, no, yeah. no. I think they're actually, they're coming out with season six. Of uh, actual Teen Titans, Teen Titans? Yeah. Okay. Because that one ended on a really dark note. Mm-hmm. You know, with terror and that storyline and everything. And then they decided, hey, let's go to sitcom with, you know, the Teen Titans. But I think it's going to be a different series. Like okay. It's, they were going, I, I don't want to say anything because it was just something I kind of read, so it could have been false. But I did hear something about they do want to bring back for okay. one more season. And there's talk of, of Young, I think Young Justice 3 is coming out, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know how, who made that happen. Mm. Well, it's good because Young Justice didn't grab me right away. You know, the first season was okay. But the second season, when it had the time jump five years in the future, mm-hmm. I thought that was great because that was something I was so unprepared for. And now you see Robin becoming Nightwing and being a lot more responsible. You start to find out that some of the people from season one have been killed in the time in between. Now Aqualad has left because of various issues that were going on. And it's like, okay, this is a little more dramatic. I can work with this. Mm-hmm. And now that season three is supposed to be coming out, we'll see where that's going and what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. it's... Uh... DC, I think, kind of rules the TV aspect while Marvel handles the movies. Pretty much. Yeah. We'll see where Marvel goes in the future. But, uh, no, with uh, Young Justice, I actually just found this out recently. So that show was originally driven by toy sales. And the reason mm-hmm. it was, if it went out, even mm-hmm. though it was doing really good as a TV series, it's because it didn't have money from the toys because they, were, they weren't selling any toys. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so, I, again, I, I don't know... Uh, I'm not 100% sure what led to them bringing it back. If mm. they got another toy deal or if... Maybe it's just, just, maybe just enough of a call. You know, enough cosplay going on in New York, in New York and San Diego Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, but I'm curious to take a look at that when that comes out. Um, I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to see if it's... Hopefully it'll be just as good as the rest of them. But, uh... But yeah, I, DC kind of rules the TV aspect with everything on CW, Gotham, which is now in its last season. Oh yeah, and uh, I have not watched any of the Flash since okay. it, since it premiered. I uh, yeah. and now I wish I did because did, did you hear about this? They're actually doing an Elseworld episode. They're doing. I know it went hugely multiverse. You know, where originally it was a spinoff of Arrow. Ollie gets off the island. You know, he becomes Green Arrow. And now there's so much of a multiverse thing where they brought back actors. I think Barrett, what, uh, whoever from like the series in the yeah. '90s, they brought yeah. him back in. Well, here, here's the thing. I, I was a giant fan of the 1990s series. That okay. is what led me On to CBS. superheroes. Mm-hmm. So the fact that like I saw the still of that episode with the original mm-hmm. actor in his original <laughs> Flash suit, but just a little more battle damage, I'm like, I'm not going to know what the hell's going on in this episode, but I'm watching this. <laughs> just for that. I, I mean, on one hand, I'd like to see it, but on the other hand, it's almost like it's too big of an undertaking. You know, it's kind of like well, watching One Piece or Naruto. You're like, okay, what am I in for right here? The, actually, the only thing that's going to suck about it is that Flash is not playing the Flash. Uh, the the actor playing the current version of the Flash is not going to be playing the Flash. Okay. He's going to be playing Green Arrow. And then the actor, it's, an, it's an alternate yeah, universe, though. Steven Amell is going to play the Flash. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But but they're doing it alongside this 1990s Flash. I'm like, oh. But this, in this case, I wanted to kind of see. You know, it's it, but see that's clever flash. because there was also I'm trying to remember there was a DC movie that came out where uh, it was the alternate it was the alternate story. <laughs> yeah, there's the picture. <laughs> there's the picture right there. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Amell, by the way, is a really man pretty dude. He's a, he's thinner in real life than you <laughs> see him in TV. I saw him once and had a slight conversation with him on Ninja Turtles too. You know, so he's a man pretty dude. Well, you know, My buddy I'm, Rich is I'm a big pro wrestling fan, and uh, there's a wrestler by the name of Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. who. Uh, who was actually really good friends with him. Mm-hmm. They just did a big wrestling show back in September, and they got him in the opening match. Really? Yeah, it was him versus a, a well-known a, a wrestler named Daniel, Christopher Daniels. Okay. But it's just like... Not William Daniels? Not William okay. Daniels. Not our, our Daniel Bryan. Okay. But, yeah, William Daniels was Mr. Feeney in the voice of Kid also. Stephen Mill versus uh, Christopher Daniels. But... but uh, so yeah, that, that's now how I know Steve Amell all the time. It's just him keeps showing up at wrestling. Christopher Daniel versus Stephen Amell, all in. <laughs> is that going to be in WWE 2K19? No, no, no. Okay. That this is the opposite of WWE. Yeah. This is like what I, I won't get too much into wrestling because I don't think most of our audience will, nah. watches pro wrestling. 
But uh, yeah, that, that that was pretty cool. It was actually a good match. <laughs> um, which, which actually, I was thinking about that. It's amazing Hulk Hogan's still alive. Because with so many issues that wrestlers have with the damage that they take, he's still kicking. Well, let me let me mention this one. I mean, <laughs> if I'm, I'm, we're going to talk about Hulk Hogan, real I mean, fast. I'm I'm intrigued. All by right, it, so you? the WWE has decided that they like money, which most businesses do, and <laughs> uh, and Saudi Arabia has a lot of money, mm-hmm. so they're going to give it to the WWE. So with all the controversy going on and the the murder of the uh, the reporter mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia. WWE plans next, either next, oh, no, no, tomorrow, actually, I believe it is. They're going to be in Saudi Arabia performing a show. <laughs> Hulk Hogan is going to be the uh, the host of this show. Huh. So the all-American wrestling hero, who just happens to say really racist things sometimes, uh, is going to be hosting the Saudi Arabia show. Okay, why not? Crown Jewel. Hey, listen, we all know that he fought Rocky Balboa to a tie. <laughs> you know, and, you know, Thunder Lips, that's what got, what got Hulk Hogan famous, mm-hmm. you know, was throwing Rocky Balboa out of a ring. You know, where could he go from there? It's... I mean, granted, he had a cartoon show, too, for a while, but Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling, and it's some TV show, I think, on, on UPN, I think, it were like two years. But, I mean, it's just like... Uh, it's just every time I hear about this uh, wrestling event going mm-hmm. on, it's like there actually two wrestlers have refused to be on the show now. Uh, really, John Cena and Daniel Bryan, who are Ooh, two of their that's, biggest that's, wrestlers. That's that's yeah, that hurts. Yeah, especially John Cena. Boy, he you know, if it wasn't for The Rock, he'd be probably the biggest wrestler in the industry. You know, mainstream. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he's he's oh, they they actually had three major hits recently. Uh, the guy who's supposed to replace John Cena as the biggest wrestler, Roman mm-hmm. Reigns, just. Uh, he just found out he has leukemia again. Fair. So he's going to be in action for a while. Then in addition to this, John Cena goes, uh, yeah, I'm trying to start an acting career, so no. He kind of already is, though. I mean, he has a couple movies yeah. out there. He did a train wreck with Amy but, Schumer. He, but he's in like that starting uh, Dwayne Johnson's uh, <laughs> area where he's like, People know his name, but he's not quite a star. Dwayne yet. Johnson, Mummy Returns, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, that, that, bad that, CGI at the end. Yeah, he he he's <laughs> at Walking Tall right now. That's okay. where John Cena is at. So it's like I can't afford to like piss off the media with Saudi Arabia, and then Daniel Bryan just has morals, so he, that's why he's not showing up. <laughs> yeah, Hulk Hogan's got to be like seventy, seventy-five. Yeah, thank you. No, yeah, Thunder uh, Thunder in Paradise was that show on UPN. He, he's not that old. He's just been around so long. You think he's that old? He's uh, it's not the years. It's the mileage. He, he's close. He's closing in on seventy, but he's okay. not there quite yet. All right. Still got the mustache, uh, though. 65. All right. That's an old 65. Well, <laughs> oh, that's a lot of tanning and mm. steroids. Yeah. Well, hey, Stallone, I think, did, too. Arnold, probably, too. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Arnold now, what he looks like? Yeah. At 71, he is, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme, when you saw him in Expendables, too, you're like, holy shit, he can still do the split kick. Some people, they just, they stay in shape. Yeah. Um, Arnold, I don't know, he's not, well, you know, for someone who's past 70, like. He brought it he, back. He brought he, it back. He's good for someone in, uh, in at that age. Yeah, you know, actually, all, but both of them. I mean, yeah. uh, still, he shouldn't be playing Terminator though ever again. Well, I I liked Terminator Genesis, and I would have liked the scene where they went with it. I was okay with Terminator Genesis. Look, I I, I recognize that for the cheese it was when I saw it. Wasn't that, he? But one, it, was okay. it wasn't Terminator one or two. I'll grant, grant that. But I was intrigued. It wasn't Terminator three. <laughs> well, three three wasn't terrible, you know. And to be fair, Arnold looked pretty good in that one too. I didn't really hate Salvation. Everyone else hated Salvation. Eh. I didn't hate it. It didn't feel like a Terminator movie. It just felt like an action movie in the future. Yeah, it's, they, they cut the budget too much. It should have had at least laser guns. And they should have had the original ending. You know, the ending that got, le- that got leaked and they dropped it, where John Connor dies for real. Yeah. That would have yeah, been they, great. Yeah, I mean, once, once it's out there, everyone's going to know anyway. You didn't yeah. have to change it. Arnold, listen <laughs> to me now and hear me again next Tuesday. Yeah. But he, when he goes to the gym, he wears a shirt that says, you know, you know uh, come with me if you want to lift. <laughs> what, what what's the name of that uh, comedian Fluffy? Um, Fluffy? Yeah, I can't think of his uh, his name. Hmm. Was, anyway, I know Fluffy's a, just a character from the Harry Potter series. No, no, no. there's a, there's a very uh, there's a famous uh, Hispanic comedian. I can't think of his name right now, but uh, his his nickname is Fluffy. <laughs> uh, but he was talking about this one time he went to an event where you got to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. and he, he he got to meet him because he was a minor celebrity. 
But basically, Arnold has a guy behind him because Arnold is just so such a personal person. Mm-hmm. Like he will just talk oh, to you yeah, nonstop. Okay. He has someone behind him to tap him the shoulder to tell him like when it's time to wrap up and move on. You see that a lot of times with like Comic Cons and places like that, where you get the personal guy who's no no problem whatsoever, just chatting it up and talking to people like people. Mm-hmm. And then you have the money person behind, like, yeah, um, move yeah. on, yeah. Yeah, hey, but, more, hey, but, you know, but he has to have $20 that too for, because tw- when you when yeah. you're at a uh, or uh, event with like thousands of people who want to meet you, you, yeah. you need that. But I mean, they're going down the line, uh, saying "Nice to meet you," blah 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 blah, and they get to him, and Arnold actually recognizes him. Like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you're that person," blah blah blah, and he's so excited to meet him. It's like, and then just as they're getting into a conversation where they're about to exchange like phone numbers and stuff, mm-hmm. he goes. Oh, well, it's nice to meet Like, the guy taps his shoulder. Like, oh, well, nice <laughs> yeah. to meet you and moves on. <laughs> you're, you're, I'm sorry, you're out of time. You know, another you know, another $20 for another five minutes here. <laughs> if you'd like to make a call. <laughs> do it now. Yeah. Do, do it now. But, well, Expendables 4, I don't think they're ever going to get to that one. Um, no, Expendables I, I, 3 was okay. It just felt too different to me. Do you, do you think... Uh, now, Sylvester Stallone kind of had that comeback in 2006 with the Rocky Balboa. Mm-hmm. He's been riding off it for almost 10, 12 years yeah. now. Um, do you think it's starting to run out of steam? I'm, I'm they got not. Creed I'm not, two coming out in a couple weeks. Yeah, though. I'm not too excited about that. I'll, I'm going to see Creed two when it comes out because I'm intrigued to see what happens to it. I know more or less what happens because I ran into a guy the other day that unfortunately spoiled a lot of the ending for me. I, I couldn't finish Creed. Really? I got halfway through. I liked Creed mm-hmm. and I got halfway through it, and then when it got, and I hope I'm not spoiling this for anyone. It's uh, been out for three five, years. It's four, all right. Three, two, one. So there's a scene where uh, <laughs> where you discover that. Uh, Rocky has cancer. Yes. And it's just like, did you need to put that in? <laughs> did you need to mention that Rocky had cancer? Well, no. <laughs> but see, that also ties in a lot to him realizing that he has to, you know, to fight and continue. You know, it's, there was a But li- it wasn't supposed to be about Rocky. <laughs> I know. But see, it's funny because there's a scene in Rocky Five where Rocky's, well, body double in this case, is talking to Burgess Meredith. And uh-huh. it's a flashback scene. And Burgess, you know, or Mickey is talking about, if you weren't here, I probably wouldn't be either because sometimes I think people... When you get old enough, they just lose everything and they give up living. It's not that they're old; it's just they just there's nothing keeping them around anymore. And that scene mirrors so much of what Creed is, because Mickey is talking about still being alive because of Rocky. Rocky's talking about still being alive because of Adonis, and it kind of trickles down that way. Okay, cool. But it, it's again, Rocky should have been more of the background person at this point. There shouldn't have been a major story about him in this. It well, did, I think they didn't need it. The he fans wanted to, to know what the hell happened to him, though. Oh, God damn. Dude, I'm sorry. You know, it's one of those things. It's, it's. I mean, it is a Creed movie, but it's Rocky uh, Seven. But, but either way, like I had to think the, about the number on this. The the minute that uh, the minute that w- I shut it off, and I had mm. wa- that was uh, seven eight months ago. Okay, I haven't watched it since. You know, I'll see Rocky. You know, or Creed Two when it comes out because I'm curious to see what happens. I'm curious about the interaction between you know Drago and Stallone, and you know how that whole thing's going to play. I already know how it ends because some bag that I ran into the other day who worked at S-Core background in Philadelphia when they're filming Creed 2 told me the freaking ending. <laughs> so the whole thing that I've mentioned with Star Wars Force Awakens to a lesser degree happened with Creed 2 so yes I know the ending already. Thanks a lot Christoph. <laughs> yeah anyway. <laughs> well um. We're closing out on the end yeah, here. We're so near the end. Any final thoughts? Uh, no, I think we've covered pretty much everything until we get off the air and then I'll remember 17 more things that's usually how it works. I, sorry, uh, Robin actually had the name of the comedian, Gabriel Inglis. Oh, yeah, okay. Thank you. Uh, but, um, yeah, I have no final thoughts. Uh, I, I, as I said before, I'm, I'm, I think the Simpsons just need to take a break altogether. It's, wow. That's going to be a weird day, too, when, Sun, when Sunday yeah. night doesn't have the Simpsons. Or, but you it, know, Family Guy or American it, Dad or Cleveland Show. That, or, that's just life. TV shows end. Yeah. I've seen so many go away over the years. And then come back exactly, and, and, and then uh, and then the creator says an racist rant, and then uh, yeah. then it changes uh, changes yeah. forever. We miss shows like <laughs> we miss shows like The Last Precinct, you know, the comedy with Adam West and Ernie Hudson, you know, or we miss out on show on shows that uh, I'm thinking Bad Cats with Michelle Pfeiffer from the 1980s, you know, about a group of NASCAR drivers that joined the LAPD. These are shows that we need to bring back, man. Yeah. <laughs> High concepts that will yeah. never work otherwise. No. I just realized how much Highway Rider, Highwayman with Sam Jones from just, Flash Gordon. I just realized how much Knight Rider actually does suck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but look at this from it's the like, it's a it's a talking car. How could this suck? 
oh, we don't see the talking car for most of the episode. You know, here's <laughs> the thing, though. Mr. Feeney, who did the voice, yes. um, when I was 10, Knight Rider was awesome because <laughs> everybody wanted a talking Corvette or a talking car, you know, and it was just the coolest damn thing on the planet. You went from a car that kicked ass to a teacher who kicked ass. Yes. And now in real life, he's 91. He's still. <laughs> yes. And he, ch- and he chased that burglar out of his house. <laughs> <laughs> Don't what, ma- hey, he took on Vader. <laughs> yes, he did. All so, right. <laughs> all right. Thanks again, everybody. Thank you to Ming Chen for being actually, you know, for handling all the sound stuff. Uh, shia, shia. Uh, Wol Aini, how's that? Wol Aini, too. Oh, thanks. I'll give a shout out to, to Robin, who, uh, who yeah. was feeling ill for this episode, yes. and we hope uh, speedy recovery. Yes, indeed. So, uh, And then, yeah, until next time. Adios, guys. Bye-bye.